Bro. 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 Listen to the kids. Listen to the kids. Bro. Bro. Listen to the kids. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 36 Chambers of Fatherhood show. I am your host, Scuba Bell, the Papa Dun Dada. Swing it over to my other co-host. I am S. Hamilton, a.k.a. O-Head Wilder. <clears throat> Doing this for all the fathers worldwide. Thirty-six Chambers of Fatherhood. Yo, what, what we doing? What we doing right now? What we, we collecting? We, we collecting. collecting we out always. here to collect, man. We out here to collect. How you been, my brother? Uh, you know, doing the adult thing, taking care of business, making sure the Sprint family plan is paid, <laughs> so the wife can stay. You know, keep that um, what do you call that FaceTime? A uh, bug on me. Keep the, the Wi Fi popping. Keep the Wi Fi popping. All right. I you see. Know, you. you know, she's on, on her entrepreneur thing right now, so she you knows she's getting busy. And you're supporting it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. As I should. You holding it down. And the kids, too, man. You absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we mentioned it on the gram and everything else, but your daughter's also going away to college. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. And I'm proud of her. Uh, what is it? St. Thomas Augustine, somewhere upstate New York. There you go, man. You know? Look well, at you taking on new milestones. Proud of you, my brother. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you, man. I, you know, I tried. I'm trying to raise my um, my my father level up from a B plus to an A plus. Man, it's been a struggle, <laughs> man. For, hold up, for the first time ever, uh, my oldest daughter, Nico, she gave me a Father's Day salute, man. Hey. Oh, I was like. 12 years. There you go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 12 years I've been waiting for this. There you go. She called you, know? you or she did it on the oh, gram? She did text, right. man. She did on text. text. She was like, I'm going to get my nails done. I said, look at you. you know, like, oh, and also Nico is, is on the basketball game. I yeah, saw that. I saw yeah, I saw the handles. Working, yeah, she's working on her jump shot and stuff like that, you know, because, um, you know, I ain't have a jump shot. You know, I was terrible. BMX. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. That's, all, that's, all, <laughs> that's all it was. You know, that's why my uncle's still pissed off with me to this day. <laughs> you know, like, come on, man. You could have made millions dribbling the ball up and down the court. I'm like, nah, forget about that, man. Yeah, I'm going to ride this BMX. I'm ride this BMX and, do, you know, play video games and do this music. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, but other than that, man, how you been? Beautiful, man. Um, adding another member to the family. So that's been a little hectic. Yeah. Tell people about that. What's going on with that? Or you want to keep that? No, no, no. Added a third baby into the mix. Um, a third boy. You know, another boy into the mix. Yeah, a lot of testosterone in my house. Yeah. Um, so we have that going on. Um, so I had to get a bigger whip. So I got a, a bigger whip with the third row. Okay. A Kia nice. Sorento. You know nice. what I'm saying? Rolling through the city. You know nice. how you know how I do in the Kia Sorento. Right. Uh, bigger crib. So that already happened. Oh, man, um, look at you, yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had thing. to. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Had to mob up, you know. We had we had to we had to really kind of space everything out and get ready for um the new baby boy that's coming in. But for the most part, busy um coaching basketball uh with my youngin, um taking the other one to karate. Um they're both stellar students, so just been busy on top of that, working on myself spiritually. Um, so yeah, man, it's just been, uh, it's been a lot, but it's been tugging on my heart and we always talked about it. I'm like, yo, we got to get back in the studio. Oh yeah, man. We Come had on. to get back into the Come studio. On, man. The people we influence, man, they each. Everywhere I go. Choo, choo. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold up. Yeah. Hold up. We got to get back in the, in the game, man. Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. So. yeah. And it's crazy. The, the topic that we talk about most is the thing that holds us back. And that is fatherhood. Right. But we came back at a perfect time because we're coming back, introducing the people, those that don't know him because he's known. He is known. He, he smiles, he laughs, and he's like, man, get this dude out of here. But we have the one and only Anthony Donahue. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Really not, at all, not at all. We've had this conversation back and forth a few times about you coming on to the show. Well, really, mostly, it started with an Instagram post yeah, that I put yeah, up. Yeah, it did, yeah. And then from there, we just kind of started chopping it up. Because you didn't know my story, which most people don't, If I, because I've never talked about it publicly. I've never posted about it. My friends know it, so mm -hmm. there was no reason for you to know my story if I didn't you know, give you a little insight from that Instagram 
post that you had in your story that day a few months back. Exactly, exactly. And I respected that. You know, you told me everything, but you know, it. You, I wanted you to take your time so you could tell that story. But before we get into that, we have to let the people know, our listeners, your fans, obviously know who already you are. Stop it. You have people who follow you, <laughs> love what you do, love everything about you. So, Anthony, you are, I don't want to say a super fan. I don't want to say that. But you are an ambassador for the New York Knicks. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm a diehard fan. I've been a diehard Knicks fan since basically I was born, but since I was eight years old. But I feel over the years, I, there's so many fans now of all teams in sports that do podcasts. Obviously, blogging's been around forever, but I truly believe I was one of the pioneers of like fan podcasting. Mm-hmm. Like I started my, I did my first Knicks show in 2005 when people were saying, "What the hell is internet radio?" Mm-hmm. What t- was the name of that? That, that the, the first show I ever did was called the Sports Trinity on 540 WLI in Long Island. Then I started TKB Radio in 2008. I did that from 2008 to 2015, and it was an internet radio show, but it was live and it was podcasted right after. And the first show had like you know seven or eight listeners, but I had Wilson Chandler on, who was a current Knicks player. And then over that summer, I would had you know I had Wilson Chandler on, I had John Starks on, Alan Houston, Larry Johnson, Jeff Van Gundy, Spike Lee, uh, Jadakiss, Fabulous, Jim Beheim, Coach of Syracuse. So many people were calling in, and as the you know the months went by, and six months, seven months, and then when the season you know season started of that, the 9 10 season, going into the LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Amari Stoudemire free agency, people started to be like, who the hell is this guy, mm-hmm. and like why are these people calling in his show? And it just blew up. And then by halfway through that season, like every game I'm going to, like fans are stopping me for photos and telling me they follow me on Twitter. And Instagram wasn't prevalent yet. I didn't even have Instagram yet. So, you know, it was all organic. The show blew up through Twitter and mostly Twitter and Facebook. Now, you use that platform to kind of create your own thing right now. So you also have the Orange and Blue crew. You want to speak on that a little bit? Yeah, that's something. I've always done events with the Knicks since about 2010. I've been doing big viewing parties for road games. But me and um, actually my good friend Chris Jean, he's with the MBPA now. We had a we, we were talking about three four years ago, and I was like, you know, I really got to expand what I'm doing. And we had the idea to do stuff at the Garden, like bring fans to games and give fans experiences they couldn't get anywhere else. And that started three years ago, and it's you know that's you know done pretty well so far. And I'm looking forward to the future of that. Awesome, awesome. Now I usually say, what do I say? I say, take us back to the Genesis, right? Yeah, take or, us to the Genesis. That's take us to the Genesis. That's his favorite tag. Exactly. Right take there. us to the Genesis, man. Tell that's, tell uh, the people that's the intro to Illmatic. There you the go. Genesis. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So take us to who Anthony Donahue is. Because we brought you on the show for that's a reason. A and question. we're and I wanna I wanna I wanna kind of walk into that rather than run into it. So take us to who you are, where are you from? Where am I from? I'm from the Bronx, New York. I was born in Jacoby Hospital on November 17th, 1983. Beautiful. Beautiful. Solid answer? Solid. Beautiful yeah. answer. Now, it, on that birth certificate, it was your mother, but you did not have a father. It was left blank. Correct. correct. My, so, on, my, on my birth certificate, it was just my mother's name. Okay. And when it's funny when I would tell you, I'll get back to you in a second. Mm-hmm. When people would ask me when I was... Actually, you should probably ask. Let set it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries, no worries. So from there, um, you grew up in the Bronx. Yes, lived a few years, and by a few years, I want to say like eight, nine, eight years. Yep. Left when I was eight in the summer of nineteen ninety two. Nineteen ninety two. Where were yeah. where were you headed? Uh, to Walton, New York. That whole my whole third grade year, um, I was obsessed with trains, and my grandparents brought me upstate to a train ride in the town of Arkville, in the summer going into third grade, and my grandparents were about to retire. And they enjoyed the trip up there so much. They enjoyed the train ride so much. They were like, yo, when we retire, screw the Bronx, we out. And my whole third grade year, about once a week, we would drive to the Catskills, to different towns. And finally, they found this town, Walton, New York, and they bought a house. And all of a sudden, a year later, in July of 1992, I'm living in, I went from the Bronx to crack vials in the street to and loud music at two in the morning to, can I curse? Of course, go to ahead. fucking Bumblefuck, <laughs> New York. You know what I'm saying? Like a town with you know white people with um, cowboy hats and Confederate flags, and it's only three hours from New York City. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about a culture shock. Yeah. So you know what? I'm a little confused because I thought you moved. I thought your grandparents were already in Walton, no, New York. And no, no, they found it by accident. They they decided they wanted to leave the Bronx. They went to a bunch of different towns. They found this house in this town called Walton. They had no connection there at all. They bought a house, and all of a sudden, I went from 
the Bronx to Walton in a matter of a year. Gotcha. My life changed forever. Probably changed me to this day. Why? Because I grew up up there. Yeah. So they changed it for the right moments, the, with the right reasons. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, growing up there was definitely the best thing that ever happened to me, without a doubt. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'd find a way to be great, but I don't know what I would have been like if I had stayed in the Bronx because I feel growing up there, I really got to make a personality of myself. I'm not saying you can't live in the city your whole life and become your own personality, but because I was up there, um, I was able to be a big fish in a small pond. Gotcha. And I really got to insectuate my personality and not I mean, create my, just be something so different up there. They, when I moved up there and to this day, there's never been anything like me in that town. Mm-hmm. And 90% of the people embraced it. Some mm-hmm. did not, you know, got called the wigger a lot. That was, <laughs> that was a, oh yeah, that was a big term. A, a wigger. Yeah. Damn, I haven't heard that term yeah, in a minute. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. wigger. Yeah, yeah. Damn. And, so, uh, but, um, growing up, but growing up there was amazing. I, I left eight days after I graduated high school, but growing up there as a kid, being able to ride your bike across the town, you know, leave your doors open at night, you know, not lock your doors. Although my grandparents always did because they're from, they're from the Bronx. Yeah, they're from the exactly. Bronx. Like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they never not lock their doors. But I know, trust me, I know families that went on vacation for a week and they left their doors wide open. Nah, That's I agree with fact. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it happen. And it's the you know? weirdest thing for me yeah. because, you know, you know my story and everything moving up from yeah. the city upstate. So it's just always been a, yeah. a weird thing to see that people left there people still leave their their car doors unlocked yeah like TV's why would you on, do everything yeah. yeah no it was like i said it was a complete culture shock but it was great growing up there like i said my best friends are still from there now a lot of them don't live there anymore either mm-hmm. but it was definitely um amazing growing up up there and got, got to do so many like fun things with friends you know run around the town always playing sports until high school came and then obviously you know got into some a lot of crazy shit when that happened. Yeah, but, teenage you know, stuff. Of course, yeah, of course, of course. Of course. We but go, we when you have it. nothing to do and you're up there in the woods, man, you really... Yeah, you get crazy. You, you get creative. Yeah, you probably get a little bit more creative than you would mm-hmm. in the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? You're like, you know, smoking weed out of soda cans. You know what I'm saying? You said smoking weed out of soda cans. It's yeah. a thing. It's a thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Because if you didn't know how to roll or you didn't have a bowl, right. you would use a, a soda can Press it right here. You take the a safety pin, put some holes in it, put the weed in it. Where I'm from, man, that look like that's that's something that the fiends do. Yeah, hey, man, it's upstate New York. You, yeah. You're young. You don't have any any. Uh, yeah. You don't have any money. You don't have anything to like kind of do anything. So you're just like, yo. Well, that's what you're telling me. That's what I gotta look for when I move up to the suburbs, man. Nah, I'm man. Ready to hopefully, hopefully, you're past the stage of your life of smoking weed out of soda cans. <laughs> as long as you're past that stage, you, my friend, are fine. Yeah, yeah I'm past the stage of a right. lot of shit. All man. right, so I'm, you I'm good? You good? <laughs> Yo, real quick, so Anthony, so during that time, like, who influenced you as like parenting wise? Uh, my grandparents and my uncle, but my grandparents for sure. Okay, I was, I was raised by them. Um, I remember being, you know, six, seven, eight years old and having my mom, but she was always in and out of the house, partying, out doing drugs and stuff. I didn't know she was doing drugs at the time, but she was always, she lived in the house. So, you know, you have my uncle in the basement, the typical Italian New York shit, have my uncle in the basement, me, my grandparents and my mom. Although my mom left when I was about five, she got remarried. Well, she, I actually saw my mom get married twice between the ages of five and eight. She got married twice actually. And, um, one obviously didn't last long, and then and the next one lasted a, uh, much longer. But she was always then she was always bouncing from apartment to apartment to apartment to apartment to apartment to apartment, and I was always with my grandparents. So your grandparents wouldn't let that rock. Like no, Anthony's staying with yeah, us. Yeah, correct. You, you correct. do your own. And thing. they knew what she was doing. Obviously, I did not. I didn't realize what she was doing until I was fourteen. But they knew what she was doing. So I, I thank God I always had them. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now you mentioned your uncle. How did your uncle play a role? Um, he lived in the basement and he was just always there for me. You know, I was really actually my first love, believe it or not, was hockey. And, you know, he got me signed up for hockey, take me to all my games on Saturday mornings at Waterbury Park. Um, he got me my first basketball hoop. He um, you know, helped me learn how to play basketball. Um, so he, you know, he brought me to my first Nick game, Yankee games, all, all sporting events and stuff like that. So he's the one who kind of set that little spark in you. A little bit. I mean, I probably set it in myself, but he would take me. He would take me to all the games, especially when I moved upstate and I was three hours away from Madison Square Garden. I was three hours away from Yankee Stadium, and he would still take me to the games. So he ignited it. Yes. Gotcha. Sure. Gotcha. For sure. Is there any lessons that you kind of learned from him that you take on as a grown man now? Um, I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know about. I don't, I'm not sure about lessons. Uh, there's a, there's a lesson in everything, my man. Um, there's a message in everything, even a bullet. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, as far as lessons from him, uh, I don't know. Always work hard, I guess. I'm not sure. I never really. I don't know. My brain's so weird. Uh, I guess I never really thought about any lessons. Gotcha. All right, Sorry, so you, that's a not, not a good answer. No, nah, it's all good, man. It's no, all, it's absolutely, not, yo, it's your world. Remember what we said. Everything yeah, it is, is, is your it, world it right is, now. It is Anthony's world. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, so fast forward, right? So I'm, I'm, well, not fast forward. Fast forward from his life to the point that I put an Instagram post to he and I speaking. I put a post where a kid, they, oh, it was a question. It was a meme. The meme was, if you, if your father that left you came through with a new Bugatti, right? Some, it was some a car. Weird, it was a car, it was like a car. whatever. It was a new car. Would you take him back, right? <laughs> So then the, it was a joke like, like, yo, man, I know how traffic get when you get to the store. Like, come on in. Welcome to the family. And then you responded. Yeah. How did you respond? I believe I just said I can relate to that. And you're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, the first day I met my dad, which if we have to get, you know, to how that happened. But the first day I met my dad, um, I didn't even know his name till the week before. And the first day I met him, and obviously we talked about him, I'm a diehard Knicks fan. He had two, uh, courtside tickets for me for the Knicks heat for the next day. What year was this? Uh, 2001, when, 2001. The, when the rivalry was wild, intense. You know, with Tim Hardaway and you know Spreewell and Houston, Canby, Jamal Mashburn, all those guys. So the first day I met him, two minutes later, he's like, "I got courtside tickets for you for the Knicks Heat tomorrow." And back then, I used to go to a lot of games, but I was sitting at the top every game, the top. I would sneak down for warmups, mm-hmm. but I never sat close for a game. And now I got court, courtside tickets, not just for a, any game, for a Knicks Heat game. Mm-hmm. I was just, I was like, oh my god. So how did you, how did you come about meeting your father? Oh man, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. So, um, so throughout my life, obviously, I the birth certificate story. Um, I was raised with my grandparents. I moved upstate, and all my friends had dads. A lot of my friends were, um, their parents were divorced. It felt like I would say seventy five percent of my friends upstate, their parents were divorced, but they, you know, there was mom here, dad there. They all lived in the same town. Uh, yeah, 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 right? all yeah, in yeah, the same yeah. town. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So all my friends, even if their parents weren't, yeah, they knew who their dad was. And I'd say by like nine, ten years old, I started to ask. I never asked my mom. I was with my grandparents upstate. So I say by the time I got to about nine, ten years old, I said to my grandmother, I was like, all my friends have dads. Where's my dad? And she knew, I mean, she didn't know where he was, I don't think. She knew who he was, and she lied, and that's fine. I forgive her for it. It's totally cool. She's like, I don't know. And I would ask my grandfather, like, where's my dad? Who is he? What is he? Is he dead? Is he alive? Is he, you know, I, I didn't have creative questions at nine years old, but <laughs> they were just like, Anthony, we don't know. And like every few months, I would just ask, I'm like, who's my dad? And then, you know, I'd be outside, and I, I, I kind of, as much as I love my grandparents, I love them a thousand times more now that they're gone. There was times I resented them. Sorry about that. I, no, it's, it's all good. I, I, I thank you. I, I resented them a lot because I almost felt like they took me away from my mom, but I really didn't know what she was doing yet. So there was times like I'd be out, outside playing basketball by myself, just working on my magnificent jump shot, <laughs> and, and you know I, I would hear like um, the the sound of a baseball and the glove. I look down the street. I'd see my best friend Ian playing catch with his dad, or you know, I go down the street to play basketball with my friend Eric in his driveway, and him and his dad would be working on his, their hoops game together. You know what I'm saying? And it would just fuck me up, like you know, because I felt I, alone almost. Yeah, and I never felt feel alone. I've always been the type of person that's been loved by everybody, have so much love around me, and I still do. But I, I felt alone in those moments, and. um like as much, for example, as much as I love the Knicks, I always watch the games by myself. My grandmother watching me sometimes, and uh, I go down the streets, Ian's house, for example, and they, him and his dad love the Giants and the Yankees, and they'd be watching the Giants and the Yankees together. And I'd, I'd watch with them a lot, but they had this like bond together, watching the game. And I, I mean, I had it with my uncle, but it, it's not. But he was, I didn't see him all the time because he was in the city. But it, you can't. I, and I, I, I can't say I know what it feels like because I don't, and I, I always wanted that. So throughout the years, I would just keep asking, who's my dad? Every few months, like I said, every few months, I just asked my grandparents, you know, who, who, who's my dad? They would say, I don't know. So then finally by um, so at seventh grade, my grandmother was like, why don't you write your mother a letter? So I was like, all right. So I wrote my mother a letter. And I don't remember exactly 
what was said in the letter, except um, one of the thanks, boss. Um, <laughs> one of the lines in the letter, I, I I said this at like seventh grade. One of the lines was, "I have a right to know," but she never responded to the letter, and that was that. And then um, eighth grade passed. Actually, a really funny story happened. Not funny, but it's funny now, I guess. Happened in eighth grade. So now I'm getting a little older, and people are starting to wonder, like, where's your dad? Like, my friends would ask me, who's your dad? I don't know. What's his name? I don't know. Like, I had no clue. I didn't know if he was black, white, dead, alive, on drugs, rich, poor. I had no clue. But, but now I'm getting older, and people are like, you know, how do you not know? So in eighth grade, I was in resource room, and my teacher was missing. Resource room. Was, yeah, <laughs> was, I was a resource room legend. <laughs> and, um, my uh, my, uh, my teacher was Mrs. Hewitt. So her and I were actually still really cool, and we we chat on Facebook here and there. And one day we were talking. I was telling her how I don't know who my dad was, and she's like, "Anthony, this is crazy. Like, how do you not know who your dad is?" But, but I'm sorry to cut in. That's some real entitled shit. Like, how do you not know your father? Damn, you know, I'm from New York City. Like, things happen. Like, what are you well, talking? About? There's the a thing. lot of people well, that right. don't know their father. <laughs> you're right. So she was like, "Anthony, you don't know his name," and I'm like, "No." And then there's one day after school we talked about it for an hour, and she's like, "I can't believe you don't know who your dad is." I'm like, "Mrs. Hewitt, I don't know who he is. My grandmother says she she doesn't know." And she was like, I don't believe your grandmother. And I was like, I don't really want to get into this right now. And again, I'm in eighth grade. So every day in Mrs. Hewitt's class, she would write a note in your notebook to take home. Usually all the goofy things I did in school. Mm-hmm. And one day she wrote in the book, I, had a, I don't remember what it said word for word, but it was basically like, I had a conversation with Anthony and I can't believe you won't tell him who his father is or something like that. <laughs> and I didn't know she wrote all that in the book. I bring it home that night, you know, because she had to sign it every night, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I bring it home that night and I show it to my grandmother. Trust me, my grandmother got mad at me all the time because mm-hmm. I did some crazy shit. But when I showed her that, like, she wanted to go fight her the next day. I can only imagine. She was like, how dare she do that? Mm-hmm. It's like, stay out of family business. Right, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah. But as the years went on, the curiosity for me and even my friends were just like, what the fuck? Like, how do you not know? Like, it's just... So then in um, 11th grade, my mom just had my little sister. My mom was like 38, still doing heroin, um, has my little sister Gianna, who definitely that changed my life for sure. We'll get into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. So now my mom moves to Walton. My grandparents get her apartment across the town. And my mom kind of saved my high school life in a sense because, I mean, because all through 11th grade, she bought me and my friends beer every weekend. So she essentially saved, saved us in high school because mm-hmm. she would, we had a place to party. Yeah. You know, and she would, she would actually drive everybody home too. There you awesome. go. Yeah, she was, a, yeah. I mean, definitely like mother of the year type shit. Like <laughs> she'd buy the beer, but she'd make sure everybody go home safe. It's that it's like that movie, uh, that <laughs> new movies that's coming out, Mama. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, obviously your mom didn't go yeah, that extreme, yeah. but yeah, yeah, all right. But so when my mom moved to Walton, it was the first time in my life I was really around her all the time. And I was very excited about it. I was very happy about it. But it started bringing up feelings of like, you left me too. Because, you know, the, the whole notion is always how like the dad leaves the, the, the son or the daughter. It's never the mom. Like, I was abandoned by both. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a, I'd like to think I'm a pretty likable, lovable person. I was abandoned by both my parents. Mm-hmm. They just like didn't give. Well, my, my dad is different because I think I really believe. From ages one to seventeen, he didn't know what was going on. I mm-hmm. do believe that, and I'll get into that. But I was abandoned by my mom. She was, she cared more about doing drugs and partying than me. And then because I, I I know I played basketball all through middle school and high school, and like my grandparents would be at the games, and I would always wonder like you know, uh, my mom would even know like I I went to I, at one basketball camp I was at I was going into seventh grade, and I won the three point contest against. Everybody at the camp, not just middle school, everybody at the camp in seventh grade. And I remember thinking to myself, like, my mom doesn't even know I'm doing this right now. So that's it. So now my mom's in Walton, and now I'm thinking about it even more. I'm like, who's my dad? But I never brought it up to my mom, ever, that, except that one letter in seventh grade. Now it's my senior year, and my stepdad, who was with her for like 10 years, my sister's father, leaves her, meets a girl, goes to Texas. So it was one night... It was about late February 2001. Um, I'm waiting for a few of my friends to pick me up. We were going to the movies. Do you want to know what movie it was? Please. The Wedding Planner. 
Hey. Okay. All right. Nice. Yeah. I was going to see the wedding planner. I uh, was. <laughs> J Lo. Yeah, it was. Oh, I love the wedding planner. There the, you go, J Lo and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yes, yes. With the, with the funny, with the funny Italian dude. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't get her at the end, does he? Does he? No. Or does Matthew McConaughey? get No, nah, I think I think that ends with Matthew McConaughey getting her. Yeah. But I was yeah, rooting for the funny Italian dude. Yeah, yeah, I had, yeah. You know, I yeah, had of to. course. You're like, yo, he gets the girl. He yeah, gets yeah. the girl. No, nah, it, it, it was Matthew it, McConaughey. It, it was this. It was the same night Dale Earnhardt died. Dang. Yeah. Because okay. I wasn't in the NASCAR, but growing up in the mountains. All oh, you watch was Sports Center yeah, and the, yeah. Nice. So, uh-huh. so anyway, so I'm waiting for my friends to pick me up. I was on my mom's computer. Obviously, I had the ill away message ready to go. You know, and I was, <laughs> I, I, was I was always I was always that dude at the illest info. It was like all the girls would be like, "Yo, Anthony." Well, they, well, they didn't call me Anthony, but they'd be like, "Yo, Ant." They no, they called me Twan where I grew up. Woo! They were like, oh, and all, yeah, they'd, yeah. So they short like, out now. Yeah, they'd be uh, like, yeah. "Can I be in your info?" Twan. I, yeah, like, you know, you only get so many letters to be in the info, so not everybody can be in the info. <laughs> so I'm on my mom's computer, and all of a sudden, an email pops up. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? And the, the, the title of the email says, does Anthony know who I am? I'm like, what the fuck? And I just re- I open it, and it's like, hey, Connie, how have you been? Um, hey, what? Hey, Connie. That's my mom's name. Hey, okay, all hey, right. Hey, Connie, how have you been? It's me. Um, does Anthony know who I am? Like, and he's working with a real famous movie star. Um, person. I'm, we'll get into. Yeah, I'm this guy's right hand man. And how is Anthony doing? Is he this? Is he that? So she had the email was actually sent like the day before. So she had replied to it, and I went to the replies, and she replied, and she was like, "Oh, he's great." I think she made him think that she like raised me though. Mm. He's like, you know, he's on the basketball team and he's a great shooter. And I love to brag about my jump shot, by the way, just for the hell of it. But um, so right. I always got to throw some jokes. Yeah, in. go ahead. So um, I'm just like, what the fuck? This is crazy. So I didn't want to, you know, admit that I was snooping through my mom's computer. So I printed out the email. I, I went to see the wedding planner. And right when we got in the car and on the way to Oneonta, I was like, yo, look at this. And I was showing all my friends over the next week or two. Like, look at this email. And like we would like we looked him up, looked up the dude. I'm like, yo, like this could be my dad, but I don't want to like tell my mom I was going through her computer. Mm-hmm. So now it's about um, two weeks later. All my friends know about the infamous email. Now they're all hyped up. Like, yo, are you gonna say something to your mom? I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to say because I gotta admit that I was like snooping through your com- her computer. She gonna be tight about that. Yeah. yeah. So now it's. Um, March 2nd, 2001, the Knicks played the Bulls on a Friday night. My man's memory is beautiful. And, um, I had My mom moved into a bigger apartment, and we had a party that night. She said I could have a party. Yo, that party was crazy. Crack. And the cops busted it. Uh. And everybody ran out except me and two of my friends. We, had, we got tickets. We had, we had to go to court a few weeks later. So the party's over. Everybody left, and I was still there, just chilling. I guess I got to go back home in a few minutes. And her phone rings. And I answer it. I was like, hello. He says, is Connie there? And I was like, yeah, may I ask who's calling? He's like, it's, says his name. And I was like, oh shit, that's the guy from the email. So I give it to my mom. They talk on the phone for like five minutes. She hangs up. At this point when she hangs up, do you, do you sit there and, and wonder like, is this woman going to finally well, speak to so me? So after 17 years of never even bringing up that I had a father, Basically having me conv- convinced that I fucking hatched from an egg. Like mm. it wasn't even like a male that helped make me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She out, like I said, the word father and never even came from her mouth to me. Ever. Not one time. And she hangs up the phone and she just goes, that was your father. <laughs> After 17 Ice cold. years. Grief. And she's like, he wanted me to give you his email, so if you want to send him an email, like she's, to this day she doesn't know I found the email. By the way, now how old was you? I was seventeen. Okay, I was seventeen. Seventeen years old. So she's he never, like, he never spoke to his father until. So she's like, he. I didn't even know his name until that day. Well, until two weeks before that. Right. So she said, um, "Here's he wanted me to give you his email address. Um, should email him." So I ran to the computer. I'm like, "Hey, it's Anthony," and he's like, "Hey, it's." So and so, yeah. Real quick, what was going through your head when you was writing that email? I was just living in the moment. Like my my whole life has been kind of like a 
Seinfeld slash Forrest Gump type life. So I've just I was just living in the moment. Like I, I I really like my heart wasn't even racing like that. I just I'm always throughout my whole life. I'm always even as an adult like the most surprising things always seem to happen to me mm-hmm. and usually for better. And I just tend to just kind of let it happen. Okay. And I was kind of hyped. I was obviously very hyped up because it was important, very important to me. Of course. So I sent him an email. I don't remember what I said. And he just was like, I said, do you have aim? And he's like, yeah. And then we chatted on AOL and the messenger that night, that Friday night. And um, he's like, I'm in California right now. I was like, oh, that's crazy. And because he works with a famous celebrity. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm coming back to New York next week. And I said, well, I'm actually going to be in New York City. I'm going to the Knicks Nets game in New Jersey on Friday night with three of my friends. And he said, well, I'm coming back to New York Friday night too. He's like, do you want to meet Saturday? I was like, like, meet you in person? And he's like, yeah. I was like, okay. And he said, meet me on Rays on Prince Street Saturday night, March. March 10th, yeah, March 9th was the game. We lost to the Nets that Friday night. Stefan Marbury had a huge game for the Nets. Um, <laughs> Uh, he's like, meet me at Ray, which is now Prince Street Pizza. Meet me at Ray's on Prince Street, uh, Saturday night, 7 o'clock. I said, I'm going to be with three of my friends. He said, all right, cool. Mind you, this is 2001. There's no Facebook. There's no Instagram. So There was a two-way pager back yeah, then. Yeah. Like, he, he didn't know what I looked like. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what he looked like. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, meet me there. So we talked a little bit throughout the week. And I remember actually where the funny, he didn't even know how much I love the Knicks, you know? So because of his celebrity world, he... Hits me on instant message like during the week. He's like, "You never guess who I met today." I was like, "Who'd you meet?" And he was like, "Reggie Miller." I'm like, "I care less, bro." (laughs) So, so throughout the whole week, the whole school, and like I said, I was a really, I was a really big fish in a small pond. Like Mm -hmm. I was loved there. Like I was prom prince, all that shit. Like they, and the whole. I mean, obviously, I hyped it up, but the whole school was wild hype for me. Yeah, because everybody, everybody knew the story. Everybody know in these small towns. Everybody known you since since eighth grade since you moved. They they know when they know when you pass gas up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since you you moved, you know everybody. (laughs) from from the kid in the corner class to the teacher and everyone's. Thank God I left there because like it's like you go on a first date with somebody up there and you're sitting across from that girl. Mm-hmm. Which I've never experienced with anybody up there. Mm-hmm. Like you know who they've been with, you know who they've just made out with, you know who, you know she blew in the woods in two thousand three. Damn, you know what I'm saying? Like Damn. small town madness. Yeah, small yeah, town you madness. know all that shit. So everybody knew. Go to the Knicks game Friday night. Now it's Saturday. That day I was a mess. We played me and my th- th- three friends. We played basketball in the morning. We had White Castle in the afternoon, and I was I was so nervous. I was just so so nervous, and I was freaking out. I remember being on Columbus Circle at like six o'clock, and we had to get like the R train to get to Prince Street. And I was just like, I was like crying. I was like, I can't believe this is about to happen. Like, and my friends knew how important it was to me. Like, this is like your dream, you know what I'm saying? Like, to meet your dad. And I even know, I still, still, I didn't know what he looked like. I still didn't know what he looked like, you know what I'm saying? And then we got on the NR train, we went down to Prince Street, we got there early, and then this truck rolls up, and this dude gets out, and he, Walks up to four of us and he was, says, Who's Anthony? Yeah, who's Anthony? <laughs> and I was like, Me? And like, we hugged and we went in, we had dinner, had a nice dinner, um, gave me the tickets to the game. We drove, me, him, my three friends, we drove around New York City for like three hours. We just drove around. Like, it was so random. We just drove around the city. Uh, we went to the game the next day and he actually called me at the game and he's like, do you want to like meet up again? And we went for Chinese food, me, him, my friends. Then we went back. Um, I went back upstate and then actually the Knicks were in the playoffs that year versus Toronto and I was about to get tickets. My grandmother was actually, I was about to get me tickets and he hit me on AIM. He was like in Paris or something. He was like, are you going to the Knicks playoffs? And I was like, I think so. I think my grandmother, she always got me playoff tickets every year through high school. And she's like, he's like, I got you like courtside tickets again. I'm like, courtside tickets to the playoffs? And I had, I had to go actually pick them up the day before the game at Showtime Studios in New York City, which is really cool. It was cool. And then um, so I was so excited to graduate high school and just get uh, – listen, I loved growing up at Walton, but I was ready to leave. So I was so excited to graduate from high school and just start my life in New York City. But the main thing I was so excited about moving down to New York City was, was to start a relationship with him. And we met for dinner at Ray's again um, around like June 28th, June 30th. We met for dinner one more time and then one more time. And then I like never heard from him. Now it's after that. It's interesting that you said that. Still that to you this day? Oh no, no, no. no, no, no. Oh. 
it's interesting that you say that that you were ready to leave Walton and start a new life with your pops. Yeah, I, I mean, I was ready to leave Walton regardless. But, but no, that was like more of an yeah, incentive. It, like as as much as I was ready to start my life in New York City, and you know, but the main thing was at that time, and I, I haven't really even thought about it that much until the last few days. But the main thing I was mostly excited about coming back to New York City was starting a relationship with him. Was and it I, like and I was and I was ready to put everything behind me like you know whether it was like i said a lot of times people will say well what happened when you were born motherfucker i don't know what happened when i came out the womb i don't know i don't know why i'm not why he's not on the birth certificate like i don't remember mm-hmm. you know of what i'm course. saying yeah have you ever asked those questions though? yeah yeah i have and he he said oh, so he so both my parents were major heroin users but my dad got clean a few months after i was born my mom got clean only nine years ago Mm. So, but shout to her and shout yeah, to him, obviously. For sure, yeah. for sure. And my, so my dad got kicked out of the hospital the night I was born because he was so high. That's, mm. And he admits it too. He got kicked out. So I don't know. Maybe that's why there's some glitch with the birth certificate. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there was a thing with my name because he's Jewish. And I don't know if he wanted me to be an Anthony. I also have my mom's last name. Mm. So like he wanted me to be a totally different name. Mm. And I would have had a different last name. I can't imagine me being not. Anthony Donahue, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't even imagine that. So like I said, that's what I heard would happen in the hospital in Jacoby Hospital in the Bronx in November of 1983. So like I said, we had linked up uh, so a total of four times so in March and then three times in June and early July and then um, never heard from him until 2007. What was the reason for that? Did he tell you? He said, well, yeah, of course, I, ha- I asked him. Like, of I course. was, like, yeah. So he, he said he just like froze up. That's what he, he said when he met me, and being the fact that um, obviously I wasn't successful yet, I was just out of high school, but he, I had maybe like, he said I, I had this like great, bubbly, full of life personality. And he said that he just froze up when he met me because I was like, I mean, I was 17. I don't know if you want to say I was grown, but, mm-hmm. you know. Like what, I'm, what can I do now? Like, right. What I'm going to tell you. Exactly. Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. I can't even. Right. I can't tell you nothing about life. You already experienced it on your own. Like, well, right. You know. Exactly. And obviously, I still had a lot more experience to do. I was 17. Yeah. yeah. But he said when he met me, he just froze. Like, he was like, I, I, I can't get in his head. But he said he just completely froze. That's what I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, because he could see that he's living his whole life. Not and so, know, so when, so when he says what happened, and I believe him that so when I was born, so him and my mom both did tons of drugs. And listen, my mom's her own person, but um, I want I don't want to say he got her on the drugs, but he he probably you could say that I guess. So when I was born, <clears throat> I guess like my grandparents were like you know we don't want him around, and my mom was like I want Anthony to myself. The only problem was she wanted me to herself, but didn't want to do anything. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, again, not sure what was exactly going on in the late, mid to late 80s. But he got clean pretty quick after I was born. Like, he's been clean since 84. Mm. So he got clean about five, six months after I was born. So he says, and I believe that he was going by the crib and being like, I want to see Anthony. I want to see Anthony. And my mom was like, no, you can't. Like, he's all mine. He's all mine. And he's like, but I'm clean now. I'm clean now. I'm ready to be a father. And I was only, you know, maybe six months, a year at this time. And they were like, no, you're not. And one year went by, two years, all of a sudden, 17 years went by. And his life took off after Yeah, that. his life took off in, in 1990. His life like really took off. When you say, what, what was he into? Uh, the entertainment business. He's like the manager of uh, a big-time um, actor. Okay. But that's kind of how we reconnected in 2007. Okay. So and I think we would have reconnected eventually because of social media probably. Yeah. So now it's 2007, and um, it just broke my heart, you know. And, and so from t- 1983 to 2001, I was hurt by not having a father, but I wasn't mad at him. From 2001 to 2007, I was furious with him, of course, because I was like, "You met me, like you saw how great I am, and then ghost, and, and just ghosted me. Yeah. Like that broke my heart more than anything, probably in this world. Like to be like, you met me, like you had the chance, and I was, yeah, of course, I wanted to know the story." But, like, you were in front of me. You had a chance. I, I was like, I don't give a fuck what happened from 83 to 01. Like, we're good right now. Like, let's go do stuff. Let's go on a trip somewhere. Let's go to a Yankee game. Let's, you know, let's. Do. And he, he just so froze. So I was furious. So now in 2007, I was doing some work for a company called Steiner Sports. And I want to tell a story without using names. I really don't want to use names. Okay. All right. So, yeah. um, so there was a, 
There was somebody there who the actor um, actor played. So the dude who was at Steiner Sports, this actor played in a movie. Okay. okay? And so I'm talking to the guy. And I was like, oh, are you friends with the actor? And the guy says, yeah, that's my guy. So I was like, oh, you must know so my dad's name. Dad. He said, oh, yeah, that's my guy. That's my guy. And I said, oh, well, that's my dad. And he's like, oh, no way. Actually, actually, to be honest, he didn't even say no way. His actual first response was, I didn't know had a son. And I was like, oh, awesome. <laughs> you yeah. know, great. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so now you have in your yeah. head that one, he yeah. abandoned you. And the two, he's, right. he's hiding you. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to text him right now. I'm like, you do that. Uh-huh. So he texts him. He's like, yo, guess who I'm with? He responds right away. And I, I had been hitting him up from, oh, I probably stopped hitting him up about 0405. I had been hitting up cell phone email from 01 to 0405. I just stopped eventually. Sending him mad emails. Like, you know, he's like, who are you with? He's like, I'm with your son. He's like, oh my God. Uh, tell him I changed my number and say, give him this number and tell him to call me. So I called him five minutes later. He's like, Anthony, what's up? You know, how's it going? I'm like, great. Like, what the fuck happened the last six years? And he was like, do you want me for dinner tonight? I was like, sure. He's like, Ray's? Same place. So we went for dinner that night at Ray's. And now, so when I met him in 01, I wasn't in the what the fuck happened mode. I was in the so happy mode. 2007, I was like, yo, dog, we were here six years ago, and we just met. Like, what the fuck happened? Mm -hmm. And that's when he was just like, you know, I froze and, you know, didn't know what to do. I was like, I didn't need you to do anything. I just need you to, like, chill. Be my friend or be my, I don't know. I didn't Be my dad. (laughs) Yeah. But, I, but but I get but I think there's still and we're so since 2007 we're cool mm-hmm. we're not like we don't like go on road trips or anything like we've gone to some Yankee games had some dinners actually this past Father's Day was the first time we ever actually just kicked it hey. like we, just, we just like hung out in a backyard and drank beer and smoked cigars nice it was the first time we just didn't like have dinner and just sit each, sit across from each other for 90 minutes max mm-hmm. it was like, the first time we just chilled good for you so man. like we've become but like. I think that I think now these is this is stuff he would have to answer. I think there's so many things that are he's affected by still that he missed out on. Like he actually one time we were, we were having dinner about three years ago and he was getting kind of emotional and he was like, "I hate that we never played catch." But I was like, "I'm like, there's nothing I could like. I don't know." And and um, I again you'd have to talk to him. But I, th- I think that there's still things he's so affected by. Like, like for example, he'll he's never been to a Knicks game with me, and I think I don't know the answer, but I think there's something behind that. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact answer why he will not come to a Knicks game with me. Um, like he's a, like if I need anything, like, like I don't need money right now, but let's say I needed money, he'd give it to me in a second. Mm-hmm. But if I said listen to this radio show, I just interviewed you know fucking Allen Houston, he wouldn't listen. But if I said I need twenty grand, he'd get it. You know, so I don't understand that. Those are things you, I, I don't get. That that bothered me though. To this day, that stuff bothers me. So, but like I said, we're cool. Um, but I think there's still things. I think it bothers him that he like wasn't there. I I, I never forget one time. Like he, I, I was with this girl like eight nine years ago, and he he we were at dinner. Of course, it's because that's all we did was dinner at, at uh, Ray's. At that time, Ray's closed. Ray's closed. Uh, in, right. Ray's closed <laughs> in '09. Okay, yeah, all right, we, all right. actually, I think. Every time we did it from 07, 09, was it Ray's? Okay. And he, he'd be like, so like, uh, you use a condom? I'm like, bro, I know what I'm, know what I'm doing. I mean, he had to sneak in some yeah, type of like yes. fatherly advice. Yeah, exactly. So like I said, we're cool now. I don't know if we'll ever, you know, go on a trip together. Um, I don't know. Never say never. No, no I, I, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, we're cool. We t- it's, it's actually funny because like he'll text me a lot more now just to like say hello. And it's it, what's interesting now is that almost every time he texts me, even today, he'll text me, "What's up? How are you? Everything good?" You, and then he, he always says, "I love you." Now, all the, like he says it all the time. I say it back, but like he never, like he always says it now. So, like I said, I don't know what happened in '83. I, I don't, I don't know who's to blame. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but um, I think he's like you know really affected by. It. I'm probably still affected. By it. And I was the one that got, but at the end of the day, regardless of whose fault it was, the one that got hurt was me. See, that's, you I'm know? glad you say that because a lot of people, and when I say a lot of people, I should say a lot of men and women, uh, when they do get together and then they do 
fight over certain situations as far as like, you know, infidelity or whatever the case may be. The person that ultimately gets hurt through everything is the child. Yeah, throughout my life, like, like I said, thank God I had my grandparents, but throughout my life, all I did was get hurt by my dad, not knowing who my dad was. My mom, my mom, when I was living in Walton, the only three, my mom came to visit me one time. One, in fourth grade, that was it. She came to visit me once. You know, she never saw me play basketball. She never came to any of my basketball camps. You know, like she came to visit me once. So like I had it from both. You know, I said like, I didn't know who my dad was. And I had my mom, you know, like not, not even giving a fuck that I was alive, you know. So you use that energy for good, obviously. Not professionally, but you as a big brother. Yeah, no, for sure, because I still can't believe my mom had got pregnant. But uh, my mom ended up having a kid when I when I when I was when I was fifteen, and I wasn't that smart at fifteen. But I had a feeling it wasn't going to work out with her being a mother, and it didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so you know, I raised my little sister, and you know, my, with help from my grandmother and uncle as well. But I, I did a lot of the the major work, and my sister went through brain cancer between the ages of ten and twelve, and. I was literally living at a hospital for two straight years. I stayed every night there with her. Like not, even, I always say not even ninety nine percent of the nights. I stayed one hundred percent of the nights with her at the hospital for two straight years, and I, I didn't even know what the hell I was doing. Like I'd I'd be in meetings with the doctor. It'd be like me, seven or eight doctors, a bunch of nurses. They they using all these big ass words. I'm just like, yeah, okay, I got you. Mm-hmm. Just do what you gotta do. No. But like, so like my life changed so much. Like I was caring for my sister before that. Mm-hmm. Um. But all of a sudden, I'm, like, taking care of my 10-year-old sister who's going through, like, fighting for her life. Not, like, broke her ankle to, like, walk again. She's, like, fighting for her life. Nah. But, but you said about the energy. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a few times she almost died. Like, like one of her seizures she had after, right around Christmas time, like, she almost died. But when you mentioned, like, my energy, I never not believed she wasn't going to beat it. And I, I truly believe um, my energy and my friend's energy – like there was nights in her room where I literally had like 15 of my friends. Like it was a party in there and nurses and stuff would come up to me and be like, we've never seen support like this. And what was also there, her dad left her when she was one. So, and when she was in the hospital, my mom was off in some fucking halfway house. So it was like just me and my friends at the hospital. Like, and my grandmother really couldn't make it down because she was in a wheelchair. She came, she would come sometimes. I was so, going to ask that yeah, at so what point because you did mention that. Yeah, you know, she was fine passed. mentally, but she had a stroke when I was in uh, ninth grade. So she couldn't come down to the hospital too much. So I, I was the one that was there, just there all the time. And like, like I said, having meetings with doctors why they use big words, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And um, But I, I truly believe like my energy, I truly believe like helped her get through all that because I never like yeah there was times I would leave the hospital for a few hours and like I I remember like you just break down and cry by myself but I never showed it to her I always felt like like you're gonna beat this it's no big deal but I mean it was a big deal it was, of course it was fighting battling brain cancer mm-hmm. you know and so she's good to this day yeah yeah she's mm-hmm. been cancer oh yeah since, give her give her give her give give this since uh, <laughs> February 2012 <laughs> so yeah and like I said her dad left her when she was one and um. So and she and she's had the same issues with my mom, you know. My to this day, like my mom ditches her all the time. But my sister's a lot more forgiving, and I'm pretty forgiving. But my sister's a lot more forgiving than I am. So does your sister live with you now? Yeah, yeah, just her and I. It's just you and your sister. Yeah, and you holding it down with you and your sister. That's almost obviously you're her big brother, but you're caretaker. You pa- know? Apparently, yeah, absolutely. Your father figure, father yeah. figure, essentially, because yeah. her dad wasn't there. Yeah, see how things kind of. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it changed me a lot because when I was, I mean, like a lot of fifteen-year-olds. When I was fifteen, I was a mess. So my sister being born definitely changed me a lot for sure. She's nineteen now. She's nineteen. Nineteen. All right, salute to her. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Do you take her to the Nick games? Oh yeah, I've been taking her since she was like two. Oh nice. Yeah, she a fan? Kind of. Like, (laughs) like she's not gonna watch the games, but she check. Like when I'm at the games. You know, on the app, you get an alert after every quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, she'll text me after every quarter. I don't think she's watching at home, mm-hmm. but, like, she knows who won. She knows who had the most points. I, but she's not, like, if they lose, she's not going to, like, not sleep like me. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. She's like me. I, I ain't a big sports yeah. fanatic. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's nah. probably a better way to live, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, one, thank you for sharing your story. Right. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. That's amazing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to see that, you know, you're... 
your parents' misfortunes didn't affect you. You know what I'm saying? Because it looks like you trucked on mostly, you know, to hats tipped off to the community of Walton and your grandparents. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, a lot of the community of Walton was a lot of when I was a kid was a lot of them were anti Anthony. Like, uh, like, if they, if they, if they kids was hanging out with Anthony, they were like, "Yo, you better watch out for that kid. He's from, he's, he's from the city. He's from the city. He wears you know, baggy pants. You know who I like him, Digger." Because Dick is a hardcore Knicks fan. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I'm surprised he ain't part of the barbershop. Um, him, him and uh, my boy Doug. I, you know what? I am I'm a Bulls fan. Bulls fan. I grew up through the Jordan era. Yeah, I can't. I, hey, what do you want? You know yeah, what I'm saying? I know, I know. But I went, through, I went through the phase where they were trash. And then I saw the Derrick Rose yeah, phase. Yeah, and then, you know, whatever. Bulls had a little run for a few years. So my, I ben never. Gordon, Kirk Heinrich, yeah, yeah. I Carlos never hated Blizzard. the Knicks. I just only hated Nick fans. I could say that you are the only Nick fan that I actually like. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doug Cohen, I love him to death, but I hate his Nick fandom. If that makes sense, and I, te- I text Doug every day, yeah. and Doug was a was a a, a, guest, a, a guest here. That's funny, and I text him every day. But um, I'm really happy that you guys got R.J. Barrett. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm very happy as well. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good pick. Nobody messed it up. No, you know? thank God. They didn't. We, we didn't get some some dude from freaking uh, Australia France. that can't you know doesn't play in a game. So and that which was 20 years ago this this week actually. So what's the season win? I can't give you an answer to that. I don't, I, I don't know what's going to happen with free agency, so I can't say it right now. Okay. Yeah. I can you can have me back on and talk Knicks in October and I'll give you an answer, but I just can't. Okay. I can't how how old an were you on Frank uh, Nilakina when they picked him up? Never. Never, right? No, he's trying. Like why? What, what, what was the purpose? Good, he's of, just not good at basketball. No, 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 not, not you saying why, but what was the purpose of them drafting the dude? Phil Jackson thought he could fit a certain role. Yeah. You know. But to be honest, I wanted, which we have now, I wanted Dennis Smith Jr., but uh, who, which we have now, as a matter of fact, but Donovan Mitchell is obviously the best player in that draft. But I, I mean, I'm not going to give up on Frank because he's still young, but I just don't, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong. But Doug, I, Doug once told me that he compared, he compared Frank Nilakina to a possibility of him turning into a Giannis. And then from there, I was just like, right. Doug should probably stop using heroin. <laughs> you don't use heroin. He's just a, a big Nick fan. Yeah, He's like, look at his wingspan. Look at this. Look at that. But again, I love Doug. I just hate his Nick fan. Yeah, no, some Nick fans are a little nuts. I mean, I'm nuts, but I mean, like, I'm, re- I'm realistic. And I think that's one of the reasons a lot of Nick fans love me because I do tell it like it is. That's why I love you. Thank you. you I know, love yeah, you yeah, yeah. There you go. That. Boom, 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 boom. So what's new for you, man? What, what, what are you going to, what, what's, I want to share that he never, how, when's the last time you missed a Nick game? I mean, I, I missed three this year. You missed three this year. But I went year. to like four on the road. Four on the road. Yeah. Lit. That's yeah. what's up. Four or five in the road I went to. I think I'll go to more next year for better. I wanna I wanna thank you um because you gave my son possibly one of the illest gifts ever. We showed up at the Nick at the at, at his first Nick game and everything, he's just looking around like, yo, this shit is nuts. I like I can see it in his Nick eyes. Game. You never been to a Nick game? Never. Amazing. Yo, you can see it in his eyes. He's just like lit up. And here comes Anthony Swaleen coming through. Gave my man a shirt, little backpack, and yo, he remembers the day. He's like December seventeenth. December seventeenth, first of Suns. Yeah, yeah. He says he was like, we watched the Suns December seventeenth. I watched. I, we were at that Nick game, Dad. So fist bump. No doubt. Anytime. Thank you I'll for do, that. I'll word. do it again next year for you guys. Thank you. Appreciate my you. So what's new for you, man? What do you? What's uh? What's on the horizons? You have thirty third and seventh. Let's plug. Plug. Yeah, plug thirty third and seventh. New show dropping on Monday. Uh, if you haven't subscribed on iTunes, follow on Spotify. Uh, it relaunched uh, about a month and a half ago. I've had some pretty good guests, including Marcus Camby, Joe Budden, Joe Budden, David Lee, Fat Joe, Roz Gold on Wood A from TNT. Tommy Beer is the only one Tommy I didn't Beer. listen to yet. Tommy Beer is good. Who yeah, is Tommy Beer? He's, I don't a, know. he's a basketball writer for Forbes and NBC. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I've had a lot of awesome guests and uh, you check it out. And I'll have a lot more guests coming too. There you go. Yeah. So what's new for you? What's next? As far as life? Net life, career. Um, career? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, career things. Uh, just, uh, the Orange Blue Crew is going to be bigger next year. I know that for sure. And um, as far as other stuff with career, I got some things that I'm, are on the horizon. Will they happen? I don't know. You know, like you have meet like you know certain people that want to meet with you about an idea, and sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. So if things happen, you'll see on my social media. But I got some things, other things brewing. But uh, things always like I've had so many meetings over the years about things. People have ideas, then nothing comes from it. So that's why I hate on social media. Nothing I hate worse. This has nothing to do with this. Topic. Like when someone like posts on their social media, they're having a meeting at, at, at like a 
at like a company, like they'll post a photo like at Nike. And it's like, I have a media at Nike. And then a year later, you're like, bro, you posted you had a media at Nike, but you've posted nothing about Nike since. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I hate that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I've had so Front many of those meetings. So I've, I've had so many of those meetings over the years and nothing's happened. And that's okay. That's mm-hmm. fine. But I never like, you know. So that's why I said, you know, I have some things on the horizon. Will they pan out? I'm not sure. It's up to, you know, sometimes powers that be. But I got my own things going too, which is fine as well. Gotcha. Plug your social media. Um uh, my social media on Twitter and Instagram is Anthony MSG. Okay. Simple, smooth, yeah. right yeah. to the point. Yes. Glad yeah. I got that name but, um, when social media. I got I got Anthony MSG in 2009. So there you go. Nobody was the, on that yet. Nah, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got buy it off you now. I got you that. should put that up. Yo, you want to buy my Instagram yeah. or my, my Twitter my Twitter uh, handle? Nah, I, can't, at me. I can't give that up. <laughs> I can't give that up. So does your career be fully based on uh, sports? Yeah. Basically, yeah, for the most New part. York sports. Yeah, the Knicks, really. The Knicks. Like, I'm legit like a professional Knicks fan. That's what's up. I like, I have a career from being a Knicks fan. It's, it's, it's crazy to think. It's crazy to think that, like, you know, growing up and people would literally say to me, like, what are the Knicks ever going to do for you? And now I'm like, I don't know. The bills are paid. Yeah, why you not? Know what I'm you know my boy, uh, Jason Negron. Yes, he's one of my best friends, actually. Jason Negron. You can ask him about Doug Cohen and Mel Peralta. I didn't know you knew Jason. Jason, yes. I used yeah. to I used to work for Flood Watches, and Jason used to do these parties. And oh, the wow. Parties I did not know you knew Jason. were Flood Watches. Wow. So I used to... You, you know, know, Jason and I met. So um, Jason had started with the Knicks in 2009. I used to see him every now and then. And then one day, I was walking into a Knicks game in 2010, and he like, comes over to me. I didn't know him yet, and he was like, yo, man, just want to let you know I'm praying for your sister. He had been following the story on social media. That's how we met. Mm. And he's been one of like my, be- my best friends since. Tell him I said what up. Yeah, well, we, I, I always, all, we were texting last night. We talk all the time. I always uh, bother him on Facebook about Nick's stuff, and then That's I bother right. him. Um, well, Doug and Mel bother him about his vegan lifestyle and yeah. You know, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, just like he's busting balls. That. He's not really too much into the, like, the vegan. He's like a half vegan. He's oh, still, he's still, oh. He eats a lot of pizza. Oh, he eats. Oh, okay. I can't right. confirm that. He doesn't, he doesn't eat meat. That's, That's correct. Okay. All but right. So we bother pizza. him about the, the no have, meat. We either. have pizza together quite a bit. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Yes. I thought he was full vegan. Yeah. No, he, I mean, I don't want to call him. He does eat pizza. I can't confirm that. <laughs> he said, I can't confirm that. All right, man. Well, this was 36 Chambers of Fatherhood. Uh, Anthony, no, he is not a father. However, he is a father figure. He has you know, seeing the ups and downs of not having a father in his life. The ups, we could look at it as he grew into his own man. Right. You know, he understood what it was um, to have a full family base with your grandparents. Um, the downs, you know, obviously some things, you know, don't really leave our memory, you know, when uh, our families are broken. But good thing is, is that um, you took that energy and, you know, you placed it into your your sister, man. So salute to you, brother. Thank you for stopping in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Right. Um, are you planning on having any kids? Ooh, good question. <laughs> well, I, I hope so. We'll see. Okay. Hey, okay. okay. Well, at least you know now. Yeah. Well, you we'll know see. how you know how to handle things now. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think yeah. I can handle anything. That kid is gonna be like a Nick fanatic, oh, yeah. like like crazy Nick. You gonna spoil him? Yeah. You gonna spoil him? <laughs> kid is gonna have orange and blue hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually like my only. Like I have two fears of being a parent. Two. That's the only two. Is my is my. I know Spalding is gonna laugh at this. My 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 kid not being a Knicks fan in diapers. So other than that, I think I'll be all right. Your kid not being a Knicks fan. All right, that's yeah, what's up. That Diapers is you know whatever you get you get over yeah, it quick. 24, 24, what ninety seven, and you deal with that for like a month or so. No, not a month. About a <laughs> I was about to say I mean, shit. Year, yeah. You deal with that for like a year, year and, and a half. half and yeah, it's year over. and a half okay. is done. It goes yeah. by quick, man. Yeah, if you got a Sam's Club or a Costco by yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. Quick, you, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll have some diaper plug somewhere. Yeah, nah, yeah. yo, it's it's super it's super simple. It's super I'll simple. I'll definitely have a diaper plug somewhere. I'll have like fucking Nike diapers or something. There you go. There you go. <laughs> bro uh, but uh yeah th- that's my only two fears and that's not bad all right yeah that's what's up well that's it 36 chambers of fatherhood we out here to collect that's right man um so when we coming back man we coming back i got um i got my man's coming through we got another episode to come through right. and another interesting story um obviously we gotta speak on what we were talking about before about um 
about uh, coddling our children. Or not, I shouldn't say coddling. Excuse yeah, we got to revisit that. Yeah, we got to revisit a uh, conversation. But, we, but we'll but we definitely be on it because 36 Chambers of Fatherhood, we out here to collect. That's right. And uh, we're going to keep on uh, keep on moving. Yeah.